Welcome to Becoming Soul, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Better Call Soul on AMC and Netflix. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is David. How's it going? Doing very well, thanks. Good. Uh, This is for Season 6, Episode 13, Soul Gone. It's the series finale, the final episode. We know everything now, all the answers that we had, uh, all all questions that we had um, have now been answered uh, because we've got no more episodes. David, what do you think, first of all, of the uh, actual episode itself, the series finale? Um, different, I think, to the Breaking Bad one, but that's absolutely fine. There's no issue with that at all. Uh, I thought it was really well put together. There's a lot of callbacks in there. There's a lot of mirroring in there as well, to rather than straight just sort of, you know, callbacks to older characters and other events in the way it's actually visually shot there is a lot of um mirroring in 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 certain shots as well to uh earlier episodes and sort of to the start and i i thought that was beautifully done uh it's one of the things that both breaking bad and you know the cinematography on breaking bad and better call Saul have been astounding throughout so that i thought was brilliant um yeah i i, I think I think it ended in a interesting um, and somewhat unexpected way. It was very difficult to tell exactly where you were going to land. You know, would it have made sense if Jimmy had sort of got away with it in some ways, or was he inevitably going to have to be locked up? What you know? So I, I think, given the uh, overall sort of theme of the show that the sort of actions have consequences i think i don't think there was any other way you could have ended it it would have been weird if you got away with it so um yeah i i really liked it and there and sort of un- some unexpected cameos popping up in there um just i really liked it i thought it was a a, a good <clears throat> solid well-rounded end to the entire thing uh, yeah, I, I love this episode. I thought it was incredible. Um, and again, it's interesting when you've got a show that, uh, I know I've said this before, but the same point still stands, a show that doesn't have, well, sometimes it has shootouts, but these types of episodes, these sort of last few episodes, they don't have shootouts, they don't have superheroes, they don't have Transformers, they don't have car chases. It's all just dialogue and really just very, very, not not even just incredible acting, but very detailed acting down to sort of because uh, I, I, I agreed with some something that Alan Seppamore said in, in one of his reviews which is that how um, you know that the slightest little facial changes from these actors and what, what that all means like the, the detail that sort of stuff it's almost like a you, you know as we've got like further in with technology and, and video games and like mocap stuff has gotten better to, to the point where like um, they do the dots on the face and stuff, and the, the facial features stuff really sticks out. It, it's almost like reading it like that, like mm-hmm. sort of uh, facial feature changes and things and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's it's really quite detailed and incredible with with how that's done. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I think if you if you put these shows as a package, so Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, El Camino. I know El Camino. Well, El Camino. Is technically like a TV film, isn't it? So if we count all of it as like a TV package, I think this is the best TV sort of franchise package out there. 
Um, there's still other shows I think are fantastic, and I still don't think Better Call Saul is as good as like other shows. But if you look at this as a big kind of franchise overall, obviously you've got Breaking Bad that's the supporting part. That's not to put Better Call Saul down. It's just to say that this is an extension of that, and it's a it's a part of the whole bigger picture. Um, it's the best written franchise on on television. Um, and I know I keep going on about writing and how good that is, but when you haven't kind of got other things to lean on, like, oh, look at the big flashy action set piece, or, oh, look at, like, the timey-wimey stuff, or that sort of thing, um, a lot of what they're actually doing here comes down to acting and writing and timing and facial expressions and, like, la- layered characters, because, um, goodness me, the, the amount of depth that these characters end up with and mm-hmm. the amount of grey area things that we've got going on throughout the whole franchise, I mean, there's grey area questions about so many characters, um, and it, it's just it's just truly incredible what they've, what they've put together here. Um, so, yeah, but in terms of... Um, like the actual ending and stuff uh i finished the episode and i did have like a small question i asked you about something and that kind of cl- i i thought that was maybe where it w- where it was but um d- just d- for uh transparency i suppose um the only thing i was like ever slightly so confused on was um he says uh, she says you got seven and a half years and then she says like oh 84 and i was just c- slightly confused as to where that sort of landed and then i I looked around a little bit and then within a few seconds i was like oh okay okay that, that makes sense yeah um so but that's not like a, that that was a me problem not not the show problem so yeah uh, it's not a knock against the show's writing but um it ended in a place where i was like okay i'm good with that i'm good with that uh again maybe i would have made different choices here and there but again it's not my story to tell but the story that was told to me i am i am happy with also, to touch on a point that you made just then, I'm happy that this wasn't kind of an ending copy and paste of Breaking Bad. Like, we had mm-hmm. characters ending up in different situations, um, which we can get to a bit a bit later. But um, as you sort of realise where things might be going, because even until the last five minutes, I was still like, hmm, it, it might be a twist here, because it, it feels like the show wanted me to think uh in sort of a false way which is okay that like oh there might be a change something might creep up new new information might creep up um because a lot of this episode is about sort of what information is going for or against these two people in their cases um so i thought like oh is there going to be like twists and turns last five last you know two minutes um but i i really really like where it ended up so um and overall as a end of a kind of franchise i suppose i'm yeah satisfied there's still like little ideas here and there that i'd like them to do but that is kind of me being i don't know if greedy is the right word but just i I, i've enjoyed so much of what we got out of the franchise that i'm sort of looking i'm looking for those small holes in in the story as to like oh could you tell this story with it like i mentioned with the kim show Mm -hmm. before that's just me enjoying what i've got and suggesting ideas but then that's not me being annoyed that we're not potentially getting more because i'm very happy with what we've got so um just on the last point i've just mentioned where do you kind of stand with um wanting more or being happy with what we've got etc i yeah i'm 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 kind of at the point where yeah there is possibly a story you could maybe tell with kim but i i don't know i because if you were going to tell a story with kim it would sort of be after everybody else's 
you know, it, you kind of have to set it with Jimmy in prison and and her life moving forward. I think if you were going to do that, and I and and then at that point, it's so disconnected from everything else. You sort of want her to have a good life at this point. It's a bit like. Hmm why you don't go back to Jesse. You know, Jesse got out in El Camino. Jesse escaped. You you sort of don't want to go back to that character and find that... Because if you're going to do that, you've got to tell some sort of story which drags them into something. And you I kind of want the characters to be okay now. You know, the ones that got away, the ones that got out, Jesse and, and, and Kim... I I kind of want them to have a good life, so I don't, sort of don't want them to go back. Um, mm. I, I I'm I'm happy if they leave it here now. I think they've produced two of the highest quality, best dramas ever made for TV, and I am at the point where I think don't go back and you know tread over those again there is no real need to add more to those stories right now i'm kind of interested to see what they do next mm-hmm. more than anything else i think yeah fair enough yep uh all right our sponsor at the moment is uh manscapes of course you can go and get various different men's uh grooming products from them because that's what they sell uh, and good news lots of good news you don't have to type in anything to begin with uh, you can simply click on the link in the show notes to go over to Manscaped's website to start having a browse, start having a look. Of course, they've got different razors, shavers, uh, ears and nose hair trimmers, clothes, different deodorants and, you know, things like that. You can also get different sets of things. So if you want, uh, well, a bunch of different kind of things, they have different sets of, of those as well. So not just individual items. Uh, all very well made, very first hand, professional, all that type of stuff. No question about the quality. Uh, even the box that the thing comes in is is really good. So... Uh, that's really, really good stuff as well. Uh, so yeah, once you have a browse or their stuff, maybe it's to treat yourself, somebody else, whatever the occasion, maybe both, who knows. Um, so yeah, once you go over to Manscaped's website and you select what you want from their website, uh, once you get to the checkout point, you can simply type in the promo code in the promo code box, UK. that's E-T-A-L-K, UK, to get 20% off your order and free shipping with manscaped uh so that's some good stuff there and rather than scrolling all the way back through the podcast and trying to find where i said the promo code it's written in the show notes so you can either write it off of there or copy and paste it whatever you want to do just a bit of convenience so the information that you need the promo code and the link for the website is in uh your show notes so just have a look for it there uh but yeah that's manscaped stuff really really good stuff um you can go over their website have a look and see what they got and yeah good stuff with manscaped so uh thanks to manscaped for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and of course thank you very much for listening now let's do some quick housekeeping and then we'll get into the last recap we will have one more podcast it'll be next week it'll be a series wrap up uh but let's uh discuss the finale first hi there if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name we've got good news for you with our affiliate link with kualu you can click on that link which is in your show notes which is for our affiliate link you can go over to kualu to get started with your website and domain name today they've also got a very handy 
chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's Kualu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support Entertainment Talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, speaking of wrapping things up, maybe for maybe for good, maybe not, maybe there might be another season. Uh, yesterday me and David covered the season finale, or message series finale. Uh, season finale, season 4, episode 8 for Westworld, so that's that for now. We don't know if or when it's coming back, um, so we'll have to see what happens. Uh, then I finally got out to seeing Jurassic World Dominion. I didn't enjoy it, unfortunately, um, for various different reasons, which you can hear me say on that very episode. It's a spoiler-free episode. But yes, that's my skip rating review, that's for Jurassic World Dominion, which is the end of the, let's say trilogy, because the franchise is still too successful, so expect to see it back at some point. <laughs> uh, so that's good stuff. Uh, over on some not so good stuff, Man United lost their second game in the Premier League start to this new season. 4-0 to Brentford, that was a score by half-time, uh, I don't think Brentford needed to bother scoring any more goals after that but uh, we also played in lime green which was really horrible David I'll send you a photo of the kit because you'll be, <laughs> really? be shocked I, I don't understand why because our colours are red white and black and last year yeah. we played in like some blue kit this year we got some green lime kit so I don't know what uh, I don't know what the kit designers are doing but uh, I don't know what merchandising the play- merchandising is what they're doing but no, no one likes the colours so uh, but uh, anyway that's that so that's United cast continued uh, over on these uh, an update podcast that we did uh, House of the Dragon which starts next week doesn't it and Tales of the Walking Dead which according to UK streaming services doesn't exist um, but uh, that's for House of the Dragon and Tales of the Walking Dead which is the they're both new spin-offs um, for those franchises I uh, did an update podcast for those basically d- discussing what we're going to be doing with the coverage of those we're still going to cover them at some point um, so uh, that's an update podcast for that uh, also, we've got Gaming Talk Podcast for last week. Uh, talked about Sony and Microsoft disagreeing on Call of Duty uh, for various different reasons and a fun uh, Red Dead Online story and a bunch of other things that we discussed. Also lost the first game of the Premier League season, which was Man United losing 2-1 uh, home to Brighton. Uh, so that's that one. Of course, the next game is on Monday against Liverpool. So we'll see how 
that one goes. Um, did a list called Top 5 Best YA Young Adult Shows. Um, so that's that list. Again, the main characters of these shows have to fit within a certain age bracket so that they can be young adults. So that was a fun list to do. And that's everything we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Just a note, by the way, um, there will be... What day is it today? Thursday. There will be a uh, important um, big kind of episode coming out tomorrow which will be for august 19th and i also potentially plan on seeing a film tomorrow so look out for those reviews and then gaming talk sunday main i cast monday and then we'll continue things from there but in the meantime let's get to this finale recap uh so it says here better call soul has rested its case after six glorious seasons that's how i would describe it certainly uh and it made quite a closing statement Monday series finale begins with a flashback. I was a bit confused when this flashback came up, but usually you're supposed to be confused. So, mm-hmm. uh, to season five's Bagman uh, episode, which we covered uh, when that aired, uh, with Jimmy and Mike trudging through the sweltering desert heat and finally finding uh, a drink, uh, water to tank to drink from. Um, as they rest, Jimmy suggests that they run off uh, with the seven million bucks they're carrying. This was the bail money for Lalo, wasn't it? If I remember uh, yes, correctly, I think it was yes. Yeah. So, uh, with the seven million bucks they're carrying and split it, Mike says, "No, it's not ours." Uh, Mike's always the voice of reason. Uh, Jimmy says he'd take the money and build a time machine. Where would Mike? Uh, time travel to, he asks. December 8th, 2001, he replies. First, presumably the day his son Matt was murdered. Then he changes his answer to March um, 17th, 1984. Uh, the day he took his first bribe, which led to Matt's death. So, you know, he's got some deeper thoughts on that. Uh, he'd also go forward in time and check on some people, uh, see if they're doing okay, because that's the kind of thing that Mike does. Mm-hmm. As well, uh, just like with um, Lalo's dad, checking to see if he's okay, that kind of thing. As for Jimmy, he'd go back to the day Warren Buffett took over Berkshire Hathaway and invest in it so he'd be filthy rich. And then, uh, is that it? Money, Mike asks. Nothing you change. Jimmy walks off without answering. Um, Again, it's just conversations, dialogue. There's no sort of like explosive things going on. And some people would maybe look at this as like, oh, it's just a filler sort of mic conversation just so we could be on screen. I, I what, what I think the actual answer to this scene is, it gives, because you've got obviously three kind of personalities within, within Jimmy. You've got Jimmy, Gene and, and Sol, and they all kind of offer different things and different points in his life. I think this kind of shows the, certainly the greed part of him of just like, oh no, I wouldn't check on anybody. I wouldn't, you know, it's just, oh, what, mm-hmm. what what could I invest in to get better, but to, to, you know, gain more money. But it fits with Jimmy. And I, I like this conversation for that so much because even though Mike and say Jimmy or whatever uh, are on the same page about like some stuff, this is like, this is a very casual conversation. It's just a sort of like, you know, have a chat while they have a rest but it means something towards both characters. It really fits in with, with Mike and the type of person that he is. He likes to... He's not as concerned with himself. He's more concerned about, like, you know, like I said, checking on other people or preventing people's deaths so that, you know, things would have been better. But Jimmy just mentions money. So I feel that, that this scene sets a re- sets up the ep- rest of the episode really, really well. And I, I sort of put this scene in the back of my mind and like sort of pinned it for the rest of the episode because it tell it tells you a bit of something about jimmy himself i think so uh what did you think of uh the opening here yeah i th- 
think that is very much true. Uh, both the flashbacks sort of are very much like showing that this has been his character throughout. You know, um, he's always been about the money. There is a greed there. Uh, and, you know, Mike, weirdly, Mike, although he is essentially a hitman the reason that Mike kind of got into it wasn't over greed. It wasn't over money. It was about protecting people. It was about, if I don't step into this, it's going to be much worse for the people involved. And, and I can do something to mitigate the damage. In most cases, that was it. And yeah, he's gone uh, over um, board sometimes maybe with that, but there is a mark whereas with sort of jimmy there are morals there but they're 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 very fluid so um and he's driven by he wants to be rich you know he wants to be rich he wants to be important and and yeah Uh, and that in both the flashback scenes there is something that comes up from that you know that that is that that slipping Jimmy persona has always been there, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, and it's always nice to see Mike on screen. I mean, Mike's one of my favourite characters from the yeah, show. I think so. Uh, I, yes, he he's been brilliant in this, and uh, yeah, I, I'm very happy to see just you know for them to bring him back just for this. He's he's just great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff for the opening. Uh, back in the June timeline, he flees on foot after Marion calls the cops with her life alert necklace. He goes home and grabs his secret shoebox, because of course he's got a secret shoebox, uh, slipping out a window when he spots cops out front. He makes a run for it, ducking a helicopter overhead. He sort of goes under a bridge and uh, hides inside of a dumpster. Um, there's something to be said about that particular element of this. <laughs> when he sees cops coming, he opens the shoebox and retrieves Ed the Disappearer's uh, business card. Uh, trying to memorize the exact wording of the Hoover adapter, and then tries to open his diamond stash, but um, spills the, just drops everything all over this dumpster. Uh, the cops find him in the dumpster, um, and he sheepishly comes out, hands in the air. Uh, at the police station, he uses one call uh, to phone a girl at the Cinnabon and tell her you're going to need a new manager. But while uh, he's cursing himself in his cell, he spots a message scrawled on the wall: "My lawyer will ream your ass." <laughs> he uh, laughs hysterically, as I think most of us kind of did, and leaps to his feet, demanding another phone call. What What's so interesting here? To and again, it's like symbolism and kind of messages, and you know, noting about where characters are and things like that. When you open the when you open the final episode of the show, and you have Jimmy talking about, you know, what would you do if you could essentially correct mistakes, and he says, "Gain more money." And then we flip forward to his future where he's in bad you know, trouble. He's almost attempted, almost attempted, I think we could say, to kill Marion possibly. Um, and ends up in, in a bin, basically. Um, so you've gone from a man who is kind of greedy, kind of, you know, slippy, slipping Jimmy. He, he's got plans to, you know, get richer. And he ends up, granted, several years in the future after everything's kind of really gone quite badly for him, you know, Kim's gone and Chuck's dead and Howard's dead and tried to assault this woman and uh, or potentially assault this woman um, and now he's ended up in a bin 
and then he's just like you know he's he's, he's a mess at that point um i think it's very interesting that that that's if there's one way to kind of describe a slipping jimmy sort of thing that's that's how you do it in an episode you show a, a an opening scene with a guy saying i'd i'd invest so i could get rich and then the next scene ends up hiding from the police in a dumpster um i think that's that's how you do that and you you just look at the character in the dumpster and his um again this is all you know bob's acting and everything um him like scrambling around for stuff or trying to memorize things and being being you know in a dire desperate situation the police are right outside this this dumpster and he's like trying to fiddle about with stuff and all that i think it's uh it's some interesting desperation for jimmy and it's interesting to see um what did you think of this scene yeah um just interesting seeing gene um you know actually sort of panicking and it was nice to see you know the the fact that he got the 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 business card thing out and was trying to memorize the words uh there is an interesting you know i talked about the fact that there are mirroring things that that went on throughout this um I mean, this isn't the first time Jimmy's been through a dumpster. There was, there was the time in, I think it was the episode Rico, he was walking, looking around for Sandpiper documents. But one of the, um, one of the ones that a number of people have pointed out was um, in the episode Wine and Roses when the clean, you see the cleaning crew going through Sol's mansion, and they dump a cardboard cutout of Sol. It, who's sticking out a sort of dumper, a dumpster with his sort of hands up, oh, right. and yeah. which sort of foreshadows this. So it's just little things like yeah, that, yeah. which is so cleverly placed throughout the whole. Um, really wonderful little bit of, uh, of, of mirroring that's put in there. Mm. Um, and uh yeah you know the back in the police station the the and the fact that he uses his one call to call the cinnabon and go and sort of say i won't be in you know and get the girl to do the the you know rosters and say you know call management to tell him i don't need new manager there manager there and stuff um yeah and then that realization that he could actually kind of maybe lawyer his way out of this situation i is uh yeah it's it's a really good scene yeah it's all set of scenes it's... definitely um <clears throat> so after he demands this other call he rings his old pal bill oakley we saw the the billboard uh or whatever it was mm-hmm. uh, a few episodes ago we wondered because that didn't at the t- i remember I, I was at the time like why are you showing me that again there's probably a reason you're showing me that this is yeah. that reason so good stuff again uh, yeah, he rings Bill, uh, offering to make him his uh, advisory council and basically acting like he's doing Bill a favour by hiring. It's like, you know, the opportunity, you've got the opportunity to be Sol Goodman's lawyer type thing. So, <clears throat> uh, and then, really interesting question, where do you see this ending, Bill asks, uh, which is a great line to give a character in a series finale. Uh, and Gene answers, with me on top, like always. Uh, again, it's that it's that Sol Goodman stuff slipping in, isn't it? So... Uh, Bill accompanies Gene to a meeting with the feds uh, with Hank's widow Marie watching initially through like a gate or, or something they sort of walk past her at the, at, to begin with uh, where they inform him he's facing an avalanche of charges from conspiracy to traffic narcotics to accessory to murder you know just a couple of things uh, adding up to life in prison plus 190 years so you're never getting out 
Um, they offer him 30 uh, years if he'll plead guilty. So 30 years, like, I think, the good behaviour offer, wasn't it? So, um, And Marie, who comes in, tells him how much damage he caused and how noble Hank and Gomez were. Uh, if we remember the, the cop buddies uh, from Breaking Bad. Which we have seen in this show. It's just been a, it's just been a while. So, um, <coughs> you helped the two-faced poisonous bastard behind it all. So Heisenberg, for what money? You did it all for money. Um, Gene uh, tries to offer his condolences uh, for Hank, adding, um, "You and he are the victims, and so am I." And he goes into a whole thing after this. Um, yeah, I I I. Did, thing in the back of my mind of like okay you might show Jesse you might show Walter you know some some fun cameo stuff you might show some other people um obviously there's certain characters you can't show because they're dead um such as Hank at this point I I never expected to see Marie again she was no. kind of not because like a dislike of the character or anything I was just sort of thinking of like characters that could show up for different reasons but again, this isn't just came here for cameo's sake. This is getting into like Hank and what happened with Heisenberg and all that stuff, which is kind of the main thrust of the whole creation of you know the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, so because uh, it's interesting initially, it's like oh Marie's on the other side of the gate. That was cool to see her, and then no, she's like full on in this meeting and giving you know full dialogue and stuff like that. So I I do feel that because um, we were kind of a bit. Then the thing the general consensus like after Breaking Bad was okay like phenomenal show and everything Marie's character wasn't quite as great like not terrible but just they just didn't really give her as many interesting things to do I feel like this was a good I don't know if I call it redemption but a good sort of like let's bring her back for a little something and just kind of yeah. just kind of cap that off a little bit because mm-hmm. um, with, with Skylar I didn't feel like I necessarily needed that like you had the whole Skylar and walk scene at the end of Breaking Bad that was that was a great sort of cap off to that and I think you had a similar one with uh Flynn or Walt Jr uh near the end of Breaking Bad but um because even after Hank dies and everything in Breaking Bad you don't see Marie again so th- this was kind of again this wasn't, wasn't something I was thinking of not something I was asking for but I'm glad I got it, it, it it's funny with the show because it Sometimes it sometimes gives you things that you didn't know that you wanted, or yes. did, or didn't know that you would think would work. But again, we're not Vince or Peter, so we don't come up with this stuff. Um, but yeah, a, a nice surprising appearance from Marie ties all this really well together, and um, I thought this was this was a great scene. Again, all in black and white because obviously it's Gene stuff. So uh, yeah, what did you think of um, uh, seeing Marie again and everything else? Yeah, I was quite surprised as well that. It was it was a pleasant, and I do agree. I think it was a nice way of bringing her back because, as we've said before, you know she was one of the more underserved characters in the original show, and they they seem to be unsure what to do with her at points. Uh, you know, if if you're going to put any criticism on Breaking Bad, it it would be that 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 the Marie storyline was sort of didn't really work as well mm. as everything else in the show. Um, but yeah, so I think it was great to see her come back here and we got some little bits of information out of that as well, which was the, the fact that um, uh, we actually found out that they did, they had actually recovered the bodies of um, both uh, Gomez and Hank 
because uh, they were buried in a desert somewhere. So, you know, we now know that, that at least they, they found them wherever they were. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're in that <clears throat> yeah, they're in that desert last time we saw them. They get they got shot and then we never saw them again. So Yes, so we at least know that the, the bodies were recovered because, uh, you know, they knew that otherwise Marie wouldn't have, like, known that where they were. Uh, so that at least is some form of closure there. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah it, and it was, so it was good to see her back. And it makes sense as part of the story that, you know, when the, the, that was one of the major charges was the fact that he was... You know, whilst he pulled the trigger himself, necessarily it was he was involved in the deaths of those guys, and so it sort of makes sense that she would be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what did you think of like the way I'm going to say soul because it's kind of soul at this point in this in this episode. He yes. sort of slips back into that. Um, the way he talks to Bill about like because he essentially presents it to him as like, oh, you'll get an opportunity to represent. You know, oh Saul, yeah, Saul Goodman. I mean that was <laughs> that was pure soul. The whole yeah, thing, yeah. the whole sort of selling thing to him it was like, this is a career making case. You know, you just think of it, you'll be able to. You, you know, you, you this is this is you'd be stupid to turn it down. You know, instead of making this offer, it, it was pure soul manipulation. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. Gene, uh, in, in the same room, uh, launches into a sub-story about how he was kidnapped by Walter White and threatened at gunpoint, which is, is true, uh, insisting he only acted as his lawyer because he feared for his life. You are looking at a man who lost everything he pleads. I have nobody, I have nothing. Also true. Uh, the federal prosecutor scoffs and says, uh, you think jurors are going to buy that? Gene smiles. I think he's sold at this point. Uh, all I need is one. He reminds them juries can be uh, juries can be fickle and wonders if they have wiggle room to negotiate. Uh, Marie is horrified, of course she would be, um, but the feds uh, reluctantly work with um, Gene and Bill, dismissing a bunch of charges and eventually whittling his sentence down to a measly uh, seven years. Seven years is still a while. I mean, Entertainment Talk's been running for about just under six and a half, so you had another year and a half on top of that also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a long time still. Um, yeah, measly seven years. Uh, Gene insists on picking his prison, uh, a cushy one in North Carolina, only federal institution uh, with a golf program. If it's good enough for Bernie Madoff, uh, a smug, Gene pushes his luck and asks for a pint of premium ice cream every day while he's inside, offering more intel on Howard's death in exchange. But the feds shut him down, telling him Kim already told them everything about Howard. Sounds like you and your ex aren't talking on a regular basis. And Gene, for now, is is left stunned. Um, again, what I think is interesting about these sort of monologue type things from Gene, because he does some of them later as mm-hmm. well, is okay obviously he's using these to try to get his way and he's doing that in in this one because there's another one he does in the courtroom later i suppose the interesting part as us as the audience is like what do we what do we buy in terms of what he's saying do we believe how much do we believe that he's sort of like struggling with events of the past and where does that kind of all you know line up because it's again it's like going back to the um the scene with the uh, the security guard where he's saying about he's got nobody and he's got nothing because in that scene which you can compare to this one he's everything he's saying is true about him not having anybody and no kids and no wife and everything you know his brother's dead and stuff like that but how much does he and obviously he tries to do more of a sub version of these stories so that he can you know 
try to get his way. And this is again where the the brilliance of these shows is getting into the sort of grey area of these characters. And as you're watching, and again, it's all in the acting of, of Bob and everybody else's sort of like reactions to him, is like the grey area of, okay, where sort of... Because um, you've got like you got so again you've got so many different versions of Jimmy, which is interesting. Of like, where do these fit into what? And th- th- there is a amount of trauma there for him because obviously after Chuck's death and uh, Kim walking out on him and uh, Howard dying, bad things have happened to him. It's just how do you truly feel about it, given that you've you've still got that slipping Jimmy persona in you, which I I I think from I think in this episode from the phone call with Bill. That's where he slips back into foot from Gene into into Sol for almost mm-hmm. the rest of the episode, right up until round about the court case, possibly uh, around that area, which we can discuss later. Um, but yeah, what do you think of all of this, David? Yeah, I mean, this is the the monologue is great, and like like all good like all good lies, it's a half truth, you know, because mm-hmm. we I mean we know that they did do that. They did take him out to the desert. They yep. did help him go to a head. His, his reasoning for them, him using that as then his reasoning for the reason for, for, for why he went ahead with everything, then that part is the lie. Um, you know, I, I, and I don't think we're supposed to believe that yeah, he did this out of fear. That's, you know, we know that he didn't. We know that he was a willing accomplice in all of it. He did it because it was money, and and yeah. you know which is which is what the mm-hmm. opening scene sort of reinforces is he's doing this for the money, um, and it's the way that he comes out with all this, and it's sort of acted and emotional, and and the guy turns and says, "Do you expect us to buy that?" And he's like, "I only need," or "Do you expect a jury to buy that?" And he's like, "I only need one." And and you can tell that, I mean, they know he's lying at that point, but he's already set the guy up by saying, I, you know, you're I hear you've got an impressive record. You never lost a case. And, and you know, and he's putting forward his argument for like, well, you've never lost a case. He's basically saying, well, you know, you know, you, 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 on a 50-50 with this, this could tip it over because I'm pretty sure I can convince at least one juror not to convict me. Mm. And if we do that, I walk free. Yeah. yeah. So it's, and it's a pretty convincing argument and, and it, it's so well done and it's very sole. Um, the, the pushing for the ice cream thing, the ice cream is also a callback because uh there's there's an episode remember there's there's um it's i think it's the episode was 50 percent off where the ice cream falls on the floor oh yeah yeah um and it was the same ice cream you know mm. so there's lots of little callbacks throughout the whole episode so that's you know but and, and then and also even the fact that kim had already turned herself in that relates back to the phone call because that phone call, one of the things that he says in anger to her when she says, turn yourself into him, she, he, he basically says you, he, he says to her, you first, which she did. And so I think there is a certain amount of guilt of him, even though 
maybe she would have done it anyway, but I think there's a certain amount on his part of him going, I told her to do that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, certainly. So, uh, we get another flashback, this time to Soul and Walter White, uh, around the time of Breaking Bad's uh, Granite State. Um, while they're waiting to be extracted by Ed, um, Soul presents the time machine question to Walt this time, and he dismisses it as scientifically impossible. Uh, if you want to ask me about regrets, just ask about regrets. He's quite angry at this point, Walter, with, with Sol. Uh, Walt tells him about grey matter, uh, blaming his friends for artificially manoeuvring me into leaving my own creation. That was Gretchen and uh, Elliot, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, and lamenting how rich he could have been if it stayed. Sol says he'd go back to when he was 22 and pulled a slip and fell fall outside a department store and really hurt himself my knee's never been the same since um water chuckles to himself and says so you were always like this which again is a very important line i think mm. um mm. kind of saying about like i i think the overall message from this episode towards soul is there was always the slipping jimmy part of you in there you just you know yeah. had to get to it in a certain way you kind of came out of it at a certain point with Gene with the more relaxed Cinnabon life and um, yeah him just him just not really wanting like anything else like Walter is thinking of a time where something genuinely quite bad happened to him and sort of obviously a lot of bad things happened to Walter White but um, yeah about like him him being screwed over by his friends and he'd try and go back and fix that but um, I mean I suppose here Soul's answer isn't about money but it's not like it, it's sort of like and then what you're supposed to get from both of those answers is like there's there's nothing he'd sort of because he doesn't like with both answers he doesn't really mention like oh i go back and see this person or help this person or see a family member or, or anything like that because to him it's kind of you know aside from kim and maybe a few others uh like obviously we get some stuff later with chuck um in the points in time where he get he asks both questions um or has both these conversations he's just not really thinking about anything else so again it's a great way to describe that and again good to see uh, brian cranston of course again uh that's that's always a nice treat um but yeah the whole like you know think feeling with the pipe in this scene and water getting increasingly more frustrated with him and then that they're back and forth i thought it was i thought this was really great this is really nice what did you think yeah it, it is the scene is about the fact that I mean, if you think Jimmy at this point um, in the story in his life, uh, you know Howard dead. They yeah, because this all happened before Breaking Bad. So so the the death of Howard, the which led to Kim leaving him, um, the way he screwed over Chuck, uh, all all those things that has happened and there are no regrets for any of it. And the regret he comes up with was something which he basically did to himself, which was he was trying to scam somebody fell over and damaged his knee. I mean, it's selfish. It's self-centered. Um, yeah. And, and it was whilst he was trying to scam somebody as well. And, and, you know, Walt's like, yeah, so you've always been like this. So, um, yeah, I, I mean that that again. So it's showing this sort of personality has already always been there. The the fact that 
he's only interested in money he only really cares about himself mm-hmm. that's that's really what these scenes are sort of showing uh, whereas both mike and walt have both got genuine regrets i mean walt's walt's regret is partly about the fact that he got screwed over by his friends but also had he still been part of that company which was incredibly successful none of this would have happened yeah had he still been part of it you know it would have been his business he would have been incredibly wealthy and and the medical bills would never have been an issue and Mm -hmm. and there would have been a load of money to leave to his family had he died from that cancer Mm. but we would have got breaking bad so. Yeah, yeah, we never would have got yeah, Breaking Bad, but that's always the thing. I mean, we've said before, if this happened in pretty much any other country other than America, Breaking Bad wouldn't have happened because everywhere else doesn't have that healthcare system. So, um, I suppose, I suppose America did something good. Was <laughs> getting the concept of this show? Yeah. Yes. Um. So, but. The 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 whole scene the 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 way it's such a Walt thing as well. Like the conversation just made me laugh because he's he's asking about the time machine, which is a perfectly innocent sort of fun question. And Walt's getting really annoyed by the fact that you know, well, you want to ask me regrets, ask me about regrets. You know, that, and, and going off on the fact that the time travel is like you know breaks the laws of physics and, and you can't do it. It's such a wonderfully Walt moment yeah, that I, I absolutely love that and. I mean, I love Walter White as a character, um, not just for the Heisenberg stuff, but I love I love Walter's pettiness at that sort of stuff. He's just wonderful. So I, it was great that they used that back in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I mean, it's it's just a really nice scene, and you know, whilst we didn't get any Jesse this episode, we did get him in the episode before. It was nice seeing. Um, again, you know, you've got these two characters together in this scene who are both characters that, you know, end up, uh, you know, well, one dead, one banged up. And uh, it's just sort of interesting that the two characters that we got meeting in the last episode were Jesse and Kim, who are the two that got away mm, as well, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, I I, I thought this... I, and the, the whole thing about fixing the water heater was a very Walt thing, and it's there was an episode previously where that had been a thing, I seem to remember as well, yeah. with the water heater. Uh, it was uh, one of the episodes of Breaking Bad where that had been a thing. So, yeah, yeah there's uh, it, just, just, just great things in here. <clears throat> yeah, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Uh, on the plane back to Albuquerque, Gene asks Bill what will happen to Kim now. Uh, the DA probably won't file charges, Bill says, but she is facing civil litigation from Howard's widow, Cheryl, who is um, out lawyer shopping as we speak. Gene then offers to tell the feds even more about Howard than Kim did, even though Bill warns him it could endanger Kim's civil case. Uh, but Gene counters that by saying it's really good ice cream. Um, Kim is volunteering at a free legal service firm in Florida where she gets a call from Suzanne Erickson um, who lets her know Sol was arrested and is being extradited to New Mexico he's giving a testimony that affects you personally this is where I started to get worried in the episode because Mm -hmm. I was very worried about um, this is Sol on a more kind of extreme level um, because the one person at this point you don't think that he'll intentionally do anything bad to his kim and mm-hmm. the hint there of like <clears throat> the the smug sort of smile 
And he sort of says, oh, it's really good ice cream. Sits down and is just like really relaxed. And you just you just worried at a time of like, are you going to throw Kim under the yeah. bus? And that's where I was like, oh, no, I, d- I don't like, again, in terms of story sense, uh, like I was like, I know, I, I don't know where, I don't like where this is going, yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. So I was, I was quite, uh, quite worried. It's interesting because in the last episode, you got the Marion attack with is him as Gene, and we're sort of scared of mm-hmm. the guy. And then this episode, it's like, it's not the same thing. He's not threatening to attack him, but he's threatening to sort of like, you know, put her in bad, a bad legal situation. And you're more, you switch from being sort of genuinely scared to being just sort of worried about someone's situation. So I thought this was really good. But yeah, this is this is the point in the episode where I was like, oh no, there's the, and I checked the timer because I was scared um, for the episode. And I was like, oh no, I, I, I don't want this to go this way. So um, yeah, this is, this is proper full on like bad soul stuff. And even the way that the uh, <clears throat> federal agents looking at him and Bill's looking at him of like, really? kind of, kind yeah. of thing is like okay if those people are doing it and, and as the camera's panning away as well you see the uh officer there and he's giving this look of like my gosh this this guy kind of thing yeah and when someone like that is doing that because you usually the, these officers they don't have like emotional attachment to the, the person that they're just there to sort of arrest them and do their job so it's very just sort of monotone and and, and sort of mundane but when I suppose a, I don't know if you call them client, when, when when a prisoner like that does something and the even the officers have a reaction like that, you think, okay, this is this is like something different. So, uh, what did you think of uh, this scene? Yeah, I I had the same thing to you. Is like, where's he going with this? Because is he? It was really difficult to, for me to believe that he was going to throw Kim under the bus. There's uh, given that you know the the previous scene where uh, you know before the flashback where he just found out that she was basically in had gone and confessed everything. Um, you do kind of you do think is he is he really gonna put her in a, a position where she could get like criminally charged with something or the, so. I yes, I was a little bit concerned where you're going this, but I did also kind of think, I'm surely he he's doing this for some sort of scam. There's gonna maybe he's gonna take full responsibility for everything and try and claim that she was lying and had nothing to do with it, or I I don't know. So I I was kind of edging on the side of I don't like where this is going, but there must be some he must be doing this to try and get Kim off, surely whatever it is, or you know try and get Kim out of some form of trouble. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, the other little interesting thing about the plane, of course, was the fact that, uh, airlines, which is the same thing, uh, plane airline that crashed, uh, during the Breaking Bad episodes as well. I don't know whether you caught that. It's what, sorry? The, uh, the airline, these is Wayfarer, uh, it's Wayfarer the flight mm-hmm. which is the same flights that were um the plane that crashed in the breaking bad episode as well so that's oh. the sort of it's the same airline that they used for that hmm. wonder if there's a teddy on this plane <laughs> <laughs> yes maybe um yeah. but yeah so I, I i kind of guessed that 
he was probably working on something to try and get her off rather than throw her under the bus. But yeah, that's the thing. It was hard to tell. And that's what makes it so interesting. Yes. Yeah. And again, so much, there's so much facial acting. I think that's a way to describe it in this episode. Mm -hmm. And again, if you, if you focus on Bob in this scene and like, it the the look that gets the part that just gets me about this is like he says, Oh the ice cream's really good, sits down and gives some like facial expressions and that's where you're like that that's yeah. that's that's that moment, isn't it? So Yeah. Yeah. Um But uh um yeah, so if Kim sets up to do some volunteering at the thing, there's not a ton that sort of happens there. Um but she gets a call that lets her know about what's basically going on. Mm-hmm. So uh, but good to see Kim again because it's always good to see Kim and Rhea Sihon. Yeah, I uh, hope that she wins an Emmy for this when it happens. Uh, so Kim is there watching in the courtroom <clears throat> when uh, says <laughs> then it says uh, Gene sold Jimmy. He's a bunch of different personalities in this part. Uh, shows up for for his hearing, uh, wearing a shiny Soul Goodman suit. Uh, yeah, that that suit. It, it made you think like. Yeah, it it gave you a particular feeling, didn't it? Him him mm-hmm. sort of wearing that suit of like I'm the kind of the big guy. I'm I'm the you know the winner sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's got that very much about it. Um, and quietly telling himself it's showtime. Um, Marie and Gomez's widow Blanca um are there too. The judge questions why the feds are offering him such a generous sentence, and Jean offers to clear things up. <clears throat> uh, launching into uh. A first, um, launching at first into the sub story we heard earlier about how scared he was of Walt, but not for long. That night, I saw an opportunity. He changes course, changes, he tweaks the story, let's say. Admitting he helped Walt build uh, his drug empire, the judge warns him he's contradicting his testimony and swears him under oath. Uh, Gene says he lied about Kim's involvement because I wanted her to come here today. I wanted her to see this. He confesses that he has, he uh, was more than a willing participant in Walt's crimes. I was indispensable. Uh, Walt could have been um, soon dead or in prison without him. So without uh, Sol. Mm-hmm. Uh, he claims and Hank and Gomez would still be alive. Walter White couldn't have done it without me. Again, it's the same stuff from earlier of like everything you're saying is it, well, m- more true in this scene yeah um of like he, he he loved getting involved he loved working with heisenberg because again there was money involved and an opportunity and he was big you know big old you know criminal lawyer Sol goodman and people liked him and people came to him um what he's also saying here is kind of true as well i mean sure walter and heisenberg and not walter and heisenberg jesse and uh walt um could have gotten a different criminal lawyer maybe but it might not have been successful as soul so yeah, the, again, if you you got to look at sort of like, okay, if Mike hadn't come into the picture, if Sol hadn't come into the picture, if these other characters hadn't come into the picture, things just wouldn't have, have kind of gone the same. It's interesting if you look through Breaking Bad's time, I, I, I suppose, and you think, okay, if you take out this character or that character in this, these scenarios, things go very, very different. Um, of course, the thing that kicks it all off is Walter getting cancer in the first place, because obviously if he didn't have that, then none of this would happen, but... He probably is right about like if they didn't have me, they would have failed their operation because they need they got to a point where they needed a lawyer, but specifically a criminal lawyer. Again, that kind of yeah thing popping up. Um, and again, it's that part of like because this is because he looks back at Kim a bunch of times here as well. There's another section to this in a second, but um, it's like okay, what you're saying is true, but how do you actually feel about it? And you, as the audience, trying to read again facial expressions, acting the way he's saying things, 
and how Bob is uh, portraying all this. Um, while this is happening, obviously Kim is just sitting, sort of watching at the back. So uh, yeah, this was this was brilliant. It leads on to another bit later on, uh, or in a minute. But uh, what did you think of the start of of all this? Yeah, this is it's good that you know you've got he appears to come in like soul you know the it's showtime thing again is another callback um to a previous episode you've got the widows there um you've got the judge quite rightly questioning right like you know he's got this huge rap sheet and he's only got seven and a half years why um seven and a half years of course being the length of time that the show's been on as well um so uh (laughs) Which yeah. I thought was a nice little because it got like a year uh, delay and stuff, didn't it as well? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so um, I and I like the way he starts off the sob story, and you can see the anger in Marie's face of like, oh, he's going to try this, and then he changes tack and you you know just confesses everything, but does it in a kind of soul way of still having the bravado of going, yeah, this would never would have happened without me. It's all it was all me, you know, it was all me and Walter. Walter did the cooking, but he couldn't have got away with it unless I was there. Uh, which I think, arguably, I mean, as you say, is probably true. I mean, they could have got another lawyer, but I don't think there's anybody that was as uniquely connected as Sol was at the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and um, yeah, I, I, and they might have been small time drug dealers, but they would never have built the empire that they did without Sol. So I think I, I think all of that is is you know very much true i would have thought um yeah yeah definitely so anyway this continues uh he looks behind him and locks eyes with kim before continuing uh what happened to howard hamlin it was i can't even um he gets choked up as he credits kim for starting her life over i'm the one who ran away uh then he brings up his brother chuck as the courtroom's exit uh sign buzzes overhead that's a little sort of like battery callback thing i mm-hmm. i think to him so yes. uh calling him the most brilliant lawyer i've i ever met and um berate, berate, berating yeah uh berating himself for not trying to trying harder to help him instead when i saw a chance to hurt him i took it he blames himself for taking taking away um the one thing he lived for the law after that he uh killed himself uh we're talking about chuck here of course uh he adds sadly and i'll live with that before taking a seat again bill tries to tell him what happened with chuck wasn't even a crime but gene disagrees yeah it was uh oh and gene slash soul tells them he wants to be called jimmy mcgill he sort of changes his name like halfway through the thing but whatever uh he turns back to look at kim again while the lawyer argues um over reimposing the maximum sentence on him and later we'll find out the conclusion of this um is it odd for me to say that because like kim Kim doesn't say anything in this scene right she's observing she's watching but from the foot tapping or the heel tapping whatever you want to call it to just her expressions and things like that i mean sure raya seahorn here doesn't have to do as much as she's done in more exaggerated scenes like when she's giving you know dialogue and things like that but still kind of looked at her and thought like i don't know it's all it again this episode does quite heavily rely on sort of facial expressions and the expressions that they're giving to each other like when he's looking around at her and they're locking eyes and there's no words exchanged it's just it's just all about looks and you can sort of you can sort of feel like the history almost between them and it's sort of like 
you're thinking about their past, present, and future. Like where is this going, and and that type of stuff. Uh, th- there's a lot that you can kind of potentially sort of read from from that. Um, again, it's all it's all done in in like facial acting and that sort of stuff, which is brilliant. But um, yeah, again, this was a, this was a great sort of conclusion to that the, to this uh, courtroom thing. I liked the um, buzzing thing to the callback to to Chuck. That was that was kind of cool, uh, mm-hmm. which makes sense because we're about to see Chuck in a second in a flashback scene um and they didn't do that they, they sort of muffled a little bit his speech because they've had a few times over the last couple of episodes like characters on the phone and then you cut like the camera away from them you mute them and you either cover the noise with something else or, or whatever but this what this was was not quite that so uh yeah it was a good uh conclusion to the the courtroom stuff here i thought what did uh what do you think of this scene yeah uh, this was this was great and uh, what was hilarious as well was the the um second that he sort of starts to change his story and and goes uh you know in the sort of earlier bit as well the 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 this whole scene you know he when he starts to change his story the second he kind of starts to do that and they start to swear him in the fact that the the bill kind of immediately goes to the council and the judges sort of going not a chance in hell which is just hilarious the sort of the way he tries to sort of sneak out sneak out and like no no i don't want to yeah because the entire reason he took this case was because it's you know he talks about it being a uh, you know a case maker and had he got seven years for it it would have been but you know then he gets up and confesses everything um mm-hmm. and this is sort of comes back to the conversations that he's had, the flashbacks that we've seen about it all being about the money and about regret. And then he sees, you know, he's engineered this situation to get Kim in the courtroom, you know, and, and sort of, uh, and he's, you, you're seeing the reason he's doing this is because of his love for Kim and, you know, that history. And he doesn't, he, he wants, to unburden himself of, of all this and come clean and be Jimmy. And you can see, he says here, he does have a regret, particularly over Chuck. Um, and it's, yeah, this is, this is where you see the sort of, you know, the gene personality starting to go, the soul personality started to go. And he has for all his faults gone back to being Jimmy. And I mean, Jimmy, as we've established, the, has always been these people. You know, he's always been a little bit salt. He's always been a little bit Gene. He's always been Jimmy. Um, and this is sort of seems to be him realizing that and trying to go back to being that person. Um, so, yeah, I, I I really like this and the, the different direction it goes. And, you know, he's him confessing about um the the stuff with chuck which i mean doesn't even have anything to do with the case it is literally him just unburdening himself about all the things he feels guilty about mm-hmm. um, uh so yeah and and of course the opposing side arguing that he should actually get the maximum sentence again which you know he's probably <laughs> given that he's basically you know just completely changed his tune of course that's what they're going to say mm-hmm yeah. Uh, speaking of Chuck, we get our third flashback to him and Jimmy around the time of the series premiere. Uh, with Jimmy bringing his brother groceries and telling him about his small-time clients, Chuck tells him 
if you don't like where you're heading, there's no shame in going back and changing your path. Uh, and then Jimmy, I guess we'll call him Jimmy at this point, uh, walks off. Um, but then uh, Chuck, uh, he clutches a copy of H.G. Wells's The Time Machine and he uh, walks off to, to go to bed. Uh, well, it says they go to bed, but he, he walks off. So, um, yeah, I like in this episode, again, how you're you're touching on Walt and Mike and Marie. And you've obviously got Kim still here. You've obviously still got Jimmy. You're touching upon Chuck again. Because um, I think doing something like a flashback with Howard wouldn't have made as much sense. Like, we haven't seen Chuck for a while. Chuck gets mentioned in literally the previous scene. And he's talking in the scene that we've just discussed about like his regrets with Chuck so this is going back to a much happier time with them and um you know him again very important just lines in this episode about like if you don't like where you're heading there's no shame in going back changing your path and this is obviously you know before everything went chaotic in in Breaking Bad um because this again is at a much simpler time he's just you know a normal lawyer and that sort of stuff but um yeah, he goes down the path that he goes down, I suppose. Um, I, I guess this same line could be put towards Chuck in a way of like, if you don't like where you're heading, there's no shame in uh, changing your path because Chuck himself doesn't go down a great path. Like what he does, what he ends up doing to Jimmy. And again, there's a, I suppose there's a back and forth proposed here about like, could Jimmy have helped Chuck more? I would argue that maybe he couldn't have, but then I suppose for Jimmy and him, him reflecting and everything, and we go back to scene with Chuck, he's 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 reflecting upon that. Because um, I I do think, because I, I mentioned a few episodes ago, like you know the status of some of these characters, and I said that Chuck ended up kind of being the villain of of Jimmy. If you look at what season three, four, roughly mm-hmm. around about that time frame, he kind of ended up being Jimmy's villain of of the show so i i think it, some of this also leans on on chuck as well because of the choices that he makes so i think you mm-hmm. can apply that sort of like changing your path which is the message here um i think it can apply to both but yeah it was good to one last time see them at a, at a better point where they were you know better as brothers and, and that type of stuff so yeah what do you think of this flashback Yeah, it, it was. Uh, it's uh, nice to see. Uh, it's Mike McLean, isn't it? I think the the guy that plays Chuck. And so. um, uh, nice to nice to see him back in this. This uh, generally, I mean, it, it actually seems to be a sort of prequel of a prequel because it's it's seems to be sort of a, a day or a few days before the very start of the episode because the conversation about the Financial Times before the very start of the fir- first episode of the seasons of the, of the first season. Um, because the comment about the Financial Times, I think when he turns up in the first episode to go and visit Chuck, he's like, he has a copy of the Financial Times with him. And in okay. this, he has this conversation about, oh, the newsstand, he's talking about stocking the Financial Times again. So, um, so yeah, this seems to be sort of a, literally a prequel to a prequel, like this little snippet. Um so yeah, this this was sort of really nice, and you know, it, it is nice to see that character, just them chatting, um, that relationship. And I know what you mean about the fact that Chuck sort of became the villain, um, and Jimmy, uh, yeah, the, neither of them handled that particularly great no, relationship. No. Um, but that thing about if you don't like where you're heading, there's no shame in go- going back and changing your path is, you know, this is, is again, it's about regret. It's about like, you know, but it's in this case, it's sort of saying, you know, stop before you get there. And if 
you can see you're going the wrong way, go and change. Uh, and the HG Wells time machine is a nice touch as, as well. Because, you know, of course, that goes back to the time machine conversation. I think that that copy of the time machine was on Jimmy's nightstand in um, an earlier episode in season six as well. So that, that mm. book has shown up before. So, yeah. Um, so many details. So many details. Yeah, yeah. So many little bits and pieces. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Uh, back in the present, Jimmy, uh, and then it says here, let's just call him Jimmy. I, yeah, let's just yeah, do that. Uh, rides a prison bus on his way to the subpar facility he tried to negotiate his way out of. Uh, the one dubbed uh, the Alcatraz of the Rockies. Uh, one of um, one of the other prisoners recognises him as Sol Goodman. That was bound to happen, I suppose, because well, these, yes. these are the criminals, aren't they? Um, and... Though he tries to tell him his name is, he denies it. Says, "No, I'm just, I'm just McGill." Uh, word spreads fast, and uh, soon the whole bus full of prisoners is chanting, "Better call Sol." Uh, Jimmy allows himself a little smirk, a little smile at this particular moment. Yeah, it's this little moment uh, that builds up to the final prison scene. Um, again, interesting in terms of like when you first get to this scene and it's him kind of he's just sitting there he's kind of not maybe accepted it but he's like okay this this is what it is maybe and then i don't know if it's you could say the the ego part is back but the sort of like him being recognized and him you know he loved being Sol goodman and everything and he tries to deny it at the start again there's a interesting kind of change there of at first he's not lapping it up or anything he's trying to just like no let's just i think what's on his mind is let's just kind of get there maybe um possibly uh and again you can maybe read different things from again facial expressions or whatever or the way he's speaking to this guy um but of course where the word spreads and um you know it doesn't sort of get up and chant with them or whatever he just sort of sits there and smiles so Mm -hmm. it's it's more of a subdued kind of thing um where he's like embracing it in a way and, and you see in a, in the later scene he's like fist bumping people and you know um because i mean they say about like you know if you've got a, a policeman or a cop or whatever that goes to prison like you're in a bad situation because you've possibly put away some of these people um so you're in a dangerous situation but my guess is if you're a lawyer and you get sent to prison those some of those prisoners might want to try to use you because of that, or they might like the fact that you're a lawyer. Possibly, I mean, it's better, better, probably better in a. I mean, I don't know. I've never been to prison or whatever, but um, probably better to be a lawyer than it is to be like a cop or something. So, mm-hmm. you know, just because of what those uh, roles kind of offer you. But um, yeah, I think I think the the way I would describe this is like a subdued kind of. I might do something with this, but I'm gonna like stay a bit more relaxed. That's where I sort of said, said uh, subdued. But uh, what did you make of the the chanting and everything here? To me, I, it is it's Jimmy. I, I think at this point, you know, post the him fessing out, he is Jimmy, and this is starting to sort of present the fact that yes, he is Jimmy. He is also Sol. And Jimmy and Sol are kind of and always have been the same person. One is maybe a slightly more extreme version of it, but that has always been in there. You know, they are really have always been Sol, uh, you know, at 
throughout. So even though he tries to call himself McGill, and I, you know when he's on the bus and they are chanting "Better Call Saul, Better Call Saul," he's yeah, he's like, okay, fine, you know. Um, and, and to the point of being a lawyer in prison, um, certainly if you're a prosecution lawyer, you'd be in trouble. As a defense attorney, not not so much because you're the ones that you know are defending these people you know so you're on their side um you know as far as they're concerned so so you're in a uh, despite the fact that the prison that he's been sent to is the one that he specifically said he didn't want to go to because he said it was a hole but the even then it's the the guys in there they know who he is and they have respect for him because of the fact Mm -hmm. that he helped them, you know, he was there for, for a lot of them, and he, no, maybe not them specifically, but certainly people in their position. So he should be relatively safe in there. And I think there is a part of him that sort of is realising that as well. But I think this is this is really him coming to terms with the fact that, you know, yes, he created this persona, but it is also part of Jimmy and, you know, what the episode's been saying all along is he's always been like this. This has always been here. So despite the fact that he has got this Saul Goodman persona, it is just part of Jimmy Miguel. Mm-hmm. And he's always been Jimmy, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's that scene. Then onto the last paragraph uh, in prison. Uh, he's baking bread, just like his old Cinnabon days. And a guard tells him his lawyer is here to see him. Jimmy goes to the interview room to find Kim. Uh, her New Mexico barcode uh, doesn't expire, apparently. I don't know anything about that, but apparently That's it doesn't expire. The, yes, the New Mexico bar card is the New Mexico bar is the legal thing that they they have. Because remember, she gave up her uh-huh. she gave up her, her yeah. license to practice, which what she's saying is there's no expiry date on the on the legal card that says I am a lawyer, essentially. So she's just used her old card to be able to get in. That's what she means. Cool. Uh, she gets the cu- uh, guard to uncuff him, and uh, she and Jimmy share a cigarette and lean against the wall together, just like the classic good old days. Uh, just like they did back in the good old uh, HHM days. Um, you had them down to seven years, she says with admiration. And after his confession, um, uh, now he's been sentenced to 86, but with good behaviour, who knows? Uh, he says with a smile, because of course he'd, he'd, he'd smile at something like that. As Kim leaves the prison, uh, Jimmy watches through the chain link fence from a, um, from the inmates' basketball court. They're playing basketball in the background. And he shoots his classic gun fingers at her. She doesn't do the same thing. And she walks off. We get a panning shot of the wall that kind of separates them slightly. Mm-hmm. And that's the end. That's the the last because uh, you always kind. Of, I always kind of wonder with with series finales, right? Like, okay, you've got your story that you're going to conclude in whatever way you're going to do that. And I'm not talking about for a cancelled show. I'm talking about a, a show that's actually ordered a last season, and it's intended to be the final season, like this one is. But mm-hmm. what is going to be what is going to be your last shot? What have you chosen to sort of like? Hey, we're going to have this as our last scene. But where is your camera going to cut off? What 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 are you going to be looking at when those credit? Because when those credits come up it dawns on you that like that's it mm-hmm. you know so, so what are you going to leave as like that impression so that was uh an interesting choice for that um one thing i didn't think i'd be interested in but was with this scene um there's a shot of the two of them 
because I'm again I'm not really like a visuals person I've said this loads of times but there's there's certain things that do work in a storytelling aspect as opposed to just hey this this looks pretty um because there's, there's a way that you can do like visual storytelling that is interesting to me um which this show has done with with different things but the shot of like because it sort of panned slightly more to the left at one point and they play this like quiet little music and I was thinking to myself like this is very noir almost um because this is after the uh he gets his cigarette lit and they, they sort of lean against the wall the camera sort of changes position there's this little bit of music that plays um i suppose you know when you've got like because a classic noir kind of thing like this is a character smoking a cigarette and it's black and white and you've got noir music playing like that's your classic kind of noir style of things um which was which was a a nice kind of touch um so yeah the only the only thing again this was a me <laughs> problem the only thing that because uh, she says oh you managed to get down to uh seven and then she just says 86 so i should have put two and two together yeah um, and, and i didn't so i i, I, I kind of looked around a little bit online i was like wait what, what what does that mean um sort of thing and you know that she obviously walks off and stuff but yeah no no worries with the with that part but yes yeah, it's a good way to end it i'm glad that they had you know J- jimmy and kim who have been the kind of the, the two main characters really of of this show anyway um you've had other big characters obviously like gus and lalo and nacho and you know howard and other characters but this was really like jimmy and kim the, the yeah. whole way through really um their relationship changes throughout the show and that kind of stuff so i really like this as the last scene um again it's a very you know it, the, the way the conversation flows is really good and the dialogue and the acting and everything's just sort of top notch here so yeah a, a great end to the uh the to the show uh what did you think of the last scene yeah the the thing with them leaning against the wall uh smoking the cigarette and the music going on in the background that is actually a direct callback to one of the first scenes in the very first episode yeah um and I saw the, a photo posted of that yeah, yeah there's uh, and the, even the music playing in the background is the same music that they used on the original episode so uh-huh. uh it, it is it, that was a very deliberate callback to to the very first episode um uh, but he's, it is a sort of interesting thing about sort of why he chose to go down that route. You know, he the reason that he made up the stuff about Kim is because he wanted to be her to be there to hear that confession. Yeah. And, you know, so, because she in that phone call, she is the one that that says, you know, go and turn yourself in and confess everything. So and, and then and then he goes you first. She actually does it. And now he has actually done it you know rather than sort of making up this story and trying to get out and only getting seven years he fully confesses and gets 86 and it's a sort of interesting thing of does he want to live seven years as soul or would he rather have 87 years or 86 years yes locked in prison but as jimmy as his true self Hmm. and that's sort of the that's the decision that he made you know i mean because we don't know whether any of this congression did actually help him out of that civil case or not um hopefully some of it did but we don't know entirely for that i think it really it's more about him just coming clean which is what she wanted and as we see in this scene she admires him for that she turns up to sort of you know talk to him and and we have that. And it looks like Jimmy's, because of the fact that, you know, they respect him as Sol, 
his life in prison is despite the fact of where he is and it's not the greatest prison but it could have been worse it could have been a lot worse you know he's he's with people that he is being helping and and the chances are i mean you know you've got to imagine that with him in prison he's basically become a prison lawyer because Mm, yeah you know they're going to be coming to him for advice they're going to be coming for him for how do i get out of this how can i beat this rap you know i mean i bet there is a lot of that stuff going on you've got to imagine that his legal skills inside are going to be called upon by a lot of people so there's you know he's not going to have that much of as much of a bad time as he would if certainly if he was a a prosecution lawyer or a cop or something like that Mm. so you know cop yeah yeah so So, uh you know i i think no it's not the greatest life but it could be it could have been a lot worse for him absolutely um i think it made sense what happened to both these people um i'm very very glad that kim has survived the series um and she gets to kind of walk free um she's still possibly got the thing with cheryl going on but the 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 idea is that she kind of walks away um i suppose but he i think what would have been a bit more too predictable is that they both just get off scot-free and that's that's just it yeah and um, walked away i don't think it would have made sense for them to walk away in the sunset uh, into the sunset together no, that's you know and somehow got out show. of it and and you know equally him you just seven years you know i i don't think would have worked as well because the the entire point of of this i think he's there there is a sort of actions have consequences point to a show like this and him getting away with it i mean arguably jesse got away with way more than, you know and got away scot free i mean he had to leave everything behind but he did get away and maybe he shouldn't have been able to do that but certainly with soul with everything that he's done you do kind of think that had he just got seven years for everything and you know used his own skill to get out of it and screw everybody else and not be gone back to being his true self which is jimmy that would have been an odd place to end it as him just still being soul so i think i i think this rounds it really nicely um You know, and yes, he's locked up in prison basically for the rest of his life, but he is doing it on his own terms as Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, yeah, a very good end to the uh, the series. Um, of course, we do have a. If there's any other points we think of or things we didn't quite go in depth on, we have the uh, wrap up podcast next week. Uh, assuming you still want to do that next week. Yeah, sure. Cool. Uh, sounds good um, so let's get to the emails the feedback and that sort of stuff we've got two to get to this week of course if you want to write in one last chance um, we'll still be doing the Breaking Bad podcast so uh, if you want to write in about Breaking Bad related stuff you can do it through that I suppose but you can write in to Matthew and Entertainment Talk.org, Twitter eTalk UK there's a contact page information in the show notes there's also the email box on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name in your show notes Beth writes in says my god I've never been so conflicted <laughs> With a character in my life. So many great Gene Soul Jimmy twists. I still don't know if I like him or what. But I loved it. I think that's the important part here is. There's a lot of. Especially in this episode. Especially with that plane scene. Mm-hmm. You're kind of conflicted on like. You want him to be okay. But you kind of want some sort of punishment. Then he tries to maybe kill Marion. And then he maybe throws Kim under the bus. So it's a bit twisty and turny. But 
because at a couple of different points I was sort of like, eh, I'll be fine if like he gets sentenced to prison, but I don't really want him to die. But if he does, is that a bad thing? But you want Kim to be kind of more okay because he kind of pulled her in, but then she kind of pulled him back in, and it's 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 not messy and complicated. It's just kind of it's complex um, because again the writing towards these characters is is very very complex and very deep, but. I I was feeling that same thing in in this episode because I was I was thinking like if you do throw Kim under the bus that makes you that makes me dislike you as a character and the show made you think it was going to do that but again it's not flip flopping or anything like that it's just the way that it played out was was so so good um, I think one thing that really helped that was this triple personality thing of Gene Jimmy Soul because you were trying to work out like which version of that is it going to be and like how's that all going to kind of play out and how's that going to affect Kim um but yeah there was the the turning point moment on that plane where you really wondered like what he was going to do and mm-hmm. I think that's where that's where part of that confliction comes in and I think that kind of started last week with the with that first term which was trying to potentially attack Marianne but then not doing it but would he have done it if the things didn't play out the same way so at the end of the day, like I wasn't rooting for him as much as I was rooting for Kim. I wanted him to be okay, but I, because I, that's why I think it's ended so well because there is a level of punishment to what he has done and what he potentially was going to do and what he, you know, how we kind of mess things up. But he's not dead; he's just got the punishment of prison, so he's he's okay, you know. Mm-hmm. But then Kim's the one who gets to kind of walk away, which makes more sense to me. So, yeah, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I completely agree. I th- I think uh, the other thing is I think he is where he wants to be or feels he should be. Kind you know, of, yeah. but for everything he's done, he feels he feels this is the appropriate punishment, you know. Yes, he should be locked up. He he kind of actively made the choice to put himself where he is. You know, that was the path that he eventually chose. He chose to confess. He could have left it alone and just taken 7 years. But he chose to confess everything. He chose to become Jimmy in the end. Mm. And, you know, that comes with the baggage of being locked up for the rest of his life. But it, it, it's a genuine path and it's one that he feels that he should be on. And fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, so I, I think it ended in the right place. I think it would have been, as I said, it would have been slightly weird had you ended with him sort of getting out in seven years and then Kim meeting him outside and then riding off into the sunset. I think that, that <laughs> yeah. would have been a weird flash, way. Seven-year flash forward, yeah. Yeah, that would have been a strange way for it to to yeah, go. Yeah, that's not a breaking bad um, thing to do, is it? So Yeah, you know, I think with this, whilst it's um, not exactly... You know, yeah, it, it's a very breaking bad sort of way of ending it and i think yeah it's it it feels right i think Mm -hmm. you know it feels like jimmy ended in the right place it you know he wasn't he didn't end it as soul as soul he ended it as jimmy on his own terms Mm -hmm. and i think and i think the reward is kim getting set free well, and not thing. not necessarily Kim getting set free because we don't know. But I think the reward is that Kim has her respect for him again. You know, right. I, I think regardless of whether she does still get sued or not, um, 
you know, she may still have legal troubles, but there is, it certainly muddies the water probably for that case, given whatever, you know, Jimmy's saying. Uh, but it it does, I think the purpose of it was more about him just confessing mm-hmm. and saying, okay, this is all the horrible stuff I've done. I deserve punishment for this. Right. And he gets it. Yeah. Um, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, last question, last part. Harrison says, a classic question, what's next for these actors and what's next for Peter and Vince? Um, I think for most of these, a, a, a break, first of all, because they've worked very hard on this show. Um, I don't... My, again, I kind of said half-jokingly, like, you know, can Vince do zombie stuff? Because I would be curious about that. Uh, or Vince and or Peter. They don't have to work on the same thing, of course. You can have the masterclass of both of them in separate places. They they very much will be capable of handling that. Um, I suppose the classic thing would be like, hey, what MCU or DC role could you hand to, <laughs> to Bob or to Raya? Um, not to say that they couldn't do that. That would be just a, a bit of a different ballpark. Because um, I don't think it would make sense for, like, I don't know, Bob Odenkirk to be like Superman or something. Or, uh, yeah. you know... Um, but they're both very, very good actors. Um, I did see... I can't remember exactly what the details were. I'll, I'll look it up for next week. But um, I did see that uh, Giancarlo and Bob are going to be in something else for AMC. But um, I'll I'll look that up for next week. There was like a short little ad that played afterwards or, or something. So... Um, and no, it's not got anything to do with their, 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 their uh, Better Call Saul characters. So... Um, but I don't know. They're, they're all, all very, very talented. I don't mind specifically what it is that they do. Um... So we'll uh, we'll have to see, but uh, give give them some time. They've just worked on this big show. Hopefully, they can go to the Emmys and win some stuff, and uh, we'll see what happens after that. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see what they decide to do. Uh, what would you what do you think? Um, well, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure some of them might be taking a little bit of a break after this. But Bob isn't Bob's gone. Uh, Bob Odenkirk has got, like you mentioned, a new show on AMC. Uh, it's called Straight Man. Uh, so there is yes there is uh, that coming up which um, looks like it's going to be quite interesting so he's staying with AMC there is a new show coming from um, Vince as well he's got uh, something in the works although he hasn't been over elaborated on that but there isn't um, uh, anything solid about that but I mean that is, is coming I'm not sure about Rhea but there are um various things in the works i mean i the the you know the, these actors are not going to be out of work anytime soon no, you know? no. uh i i don't know what i'm not sure what jonathan banks has done i think he didn't he have an apple series or something coming up um uh i seem to remember uh, uh i'm just looking yeah, I mean, he he pops up in various things anyway. I've not specifically heard of Rhea doing anything. She's got a thing called... There's a thing called Cooper's Bar, apparently. Um, it looks like they're, oh, they're shorts. So, I, I, I don't know. I'll, we'll have a look around. We'll wrap up all the next on the various cast members and where they're going and that sort of stuff uh, for next week. But... Um, yeah, I mean, these 
people are not going to be out of work. I mean, they're, they're multi, certainly award nominated, not necessarily all award winning, but they, they uh, you know, they have all won various yeah. awards. But yes, give Rhea Seahorn an Emmy because she definitely deserves it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't see casting directors not looking at these people. So No, absolutely. Yeah, we shall see what pops up. Uh, anyway, that's it for the moment. We'll be back next week where we can conclude things. Uh, we'll probably come back next week Thursday. It makes sense to do it exactly a week later. So uh, we'll come back next Thursday if we can do that. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, let's wrap up for now. Uh, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org. TV, games, films, main night podcast. Take a look at what we've got. Entertainmenttalk.org and podcast platforms. If you want to support Entertainment Talk, um, that'd be great if you could do that. You can simply keep listening to more episodes that we've got on the places I've just mentioned. You can also tell other people, uh, either by just simply telling them or using social media, however you want to do that. Uh, Patreon, if you want to support us over there, $5, $10 level tier for the every podcast and review options for that. Uh, so that's roughly how you can support Entertainment Talk. Um, so those one of those different options. Uh, TV and film news, if you, want to, if you do want to know where Raya and Bob and everybody else ends up next... Um, or whatever else happens with uh, television and film, you know, TV renewals, uh, cancellations, air updates, all that sort of stuff, air dates, updates, all that sort of thing. Uh, David, you run Geek Town, don't you? Uh, what's going on with Geek Town? At the, uh, at the moment, we have uh, some bits and pieces of news going up. There is uh, some news about the exact launch time of Lord of the Rings. Uh, when, if you're in, waiting for that, <laughs> that's one of the next news series. Uh, yeah, Prime Video took the... Uh, extreme option of of telling you exactly what time worldwide that show is going to drop because there's that much interest in it mm. so um what, so yes. everybody can go over there and break the servers yeah basically <laughs> yeah so so their servers will melt i mean they've not really thought that through but it, it's yeah because he's going to drop at exactly the same time it will be uh 2 a.m on friday the 2nd of september for the uk but uh they've we've got all the times for around the world on there but um yeah so they they're uh they've announced the release schedule for that uh there's some superman and lois news because they're recasting jonathan kent for uh, reasons which are not not entirely clear uh there's uh, some a trailer for wednesday up on the site as well which is the new tim burton adams family series on netflix and there is of course geek town radio where daryl was on this week and he was talking about loads and loads of different movies we uh he did a review of prey the predator film uh he did a review of bullet train emily the criminal moonfall as well we talked about star trek strange new worlds he talked about uh the latest season of riverdale which he watched so you don't have to sit through it and and uh, uh, we also caught up on Salaman Labrea, and I reviewed a bit of Two Point Campus as well, which is a, a wonderful new building game. Um, so, yes, lots and lots of stuff on Geek Town Radio. That's episode 352. You can find that on geektown.co.uk and all your favourite podcast places as well. Excellent. So go and check out all that. I still need to finish this week's episode, so I'll do that in a minute. Uh, let's go and check out all of that. Uh, you can find Bex as well streaming very regularly over on Twitch, Trista B Y T E S, uh, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram. That's where you can find her doing her thing over there. Uh, classic games, Tomb Raider, retro stuff, chat streams, all that good stuff as well. You can also find me streaming on Twitch, eTalk UK for those. And if you missed the streams, the FIFA career mode episodes, or the game clips, you can find all of that archived on YouTube entertainment talk plays thanks for listening and we'll see you next week for the wrap-up goodbye bye